Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hi. You know that movie you always wanted to see, but you didn't for whatever reason? Well, I call those black hole films. Everyone has them, and this podcast aims to do something about that. I'm Jeremy Lalonde, and every episode I'll be joined by one or more guests to watch a film that at least someone in that group hasn't seen. We'll talk about our expectations of it before it, and then our thoughts after it. This is episode 14, and I'm joined by uh, a man who probably inadvertently inspired the whole Black Hole Films concept many, many years ago. Scott McLaren, who is a talented writer, um, and I worked with as a story editor on certain shows in the past. And also the very funny man who I learned today was uh, was shortlisted for Saturday Night Live at one point, Ross McKee. And they sat down to watch a film with me. So we're sitting down to watch The Warriors. Um, I'm Jeremy. I haven't seen it. Ross McKay, I have seen it. Uh, Scott McLaren, I have not seen it. And this was Scott's pick. Yeah. It was something that I'd been talking about recently and, and been shamed by... Um, some alpha nerds that I know. Do well, I think like, you told me about this movie years ago. I did? Maybe. Or someone did. I hope I didn't because I was lying if I said it. It was one of those... I, see, the great shame when it comes to movies like this is I used to work in video stores, right? I, I grew up in Brampton. I worked in a Brampton video store called Northgate Video. That The guy next door, there were two... There was a, a, a men's hair salon and a woman's hair salon. And they decided, well, we can put them together. We can call it unisex. And uh, we got this whole other shop we got to open up, right? What are we going to do? And it was at that wave of, you know, we'll buy a bunch of VHS tapes. It's like some Chuck Bronson and some, uh, some softcore stuff, and uh, we'll do it there. And we, uh, we always had a copy of Warriors, but it was always out. So I never bothered to take it home, right? right. And then I worked in Toronto on Young Street uh, at a place called uh, Annex Video that was right by, like, Carlton. So it was a high... Traffic video store. I remember that Street. place. Great place. Yeah. Lots of VHS, Good but store. it was just on the cusp of DVDs. And then that one always kept breaking. You know, it was like, I guess people watched it. It was an old... So again, I was like, I never got to watch it there. And then just beyond that, when something's so iconic and you know parts of it and you think you almost know the movie, because I, I know the, I know photographs from it. I know, you know, you know, the warriors, I guess, running around through the subways and running away from people. And I know the, the clinking of the I don't bottles. know. Don't say too much because I don't but know you, much you must all. know the one no, phrase, I don't. though. I don't. You don't know the phrase. I don't know anything. All I, someone pitched it to me. Everybody who knows the movie now is all, they're saying the phrase That's right okay. Now. They, can, they can scream <laughs> at me. But I somehow avoided it somehow. I don't know why. Someone pitched it to me. And I love the concept. And I don't know why. I've just never gotten around to it because I couldn't find a copy or, or, or didn't bother seeking it out properly, I guess, because it's not that hard to find, really. <laughs> no, no, it's around, and, uh, and, and it's a Walter Hill movie, and a guy who I've seen a bunch of yeah, other movies, <clears throat> and I'm, I'm mixed with them. Sometimes he's a genius, sometimes I was like, whoa, like he's, but he takes those kind of pulpy genre risks. Yeah. And there, there were two movies in my head about seeing here, and it was like The Driver, which I've never seen, that I want to see before I see Baby Driver, which is opening up soon. It's so good, I saw it. And... That, and then the Warriors, and I put them both up on the board, and I was like, the Warriors, that's yeah. the one I have to see. Yeah. And that, that's sort of my relationship to it. I'm finally exercising this demon of somebody who considers himself a cineast, but has never seen it. And how are you? You're a fan of the movie. 
Well, I don't know if I want to say I was a fan of the movie, but... Oh, uh, that's even better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I saw it. I was stuck into the theater in 79. I was 12 or 13, and I actually snuck in. I had a friend that worked at the theater, and they opened the classic style, opened the back door for us, and we got in and watched The Warriors at the cinema. And uh, not, not unlike Scott, it's, uh, even though he hasn't seen it, it's difficult for me to remember Oh, great. That's Other okay. than the classic line. Yeah. That, Which I don't, you don't want to hear. You don't want to say no. Other than that. When I hear it, you think I'll know. Oh, that's what the Yeah, you'll get it right away. You'll get it. I've heard that before. Somewhere. Right. Yeah. So, well, yeah. I decided to do this. I'm excited to have you in because I think I got the phrase originally, worm in my head years ago, black hole from you. Right. As I believe I want to credit. That was credit, me. Eh? I want to credit it to you. Yeah. Just the phrase. And I've used it ever since. It's because they're embarrassing. These are movies, especially if you love movies, there are these ones that you either feel like you've already seen. Mm-hmm. I, I have like another couple ones that I'm embarrassed about that I'm not even going to say. But that's right? the beauty of this. The, what <laughs> I wanted to do is like take the shame away and embrace it in a way that's funny. Like, let's just yeah. talk about it. Let's, let's get it off our chest and let's watch it. Share it. Fun. And then... Yeah, I mean, at the, at, the time, at the time, it wasn't really, um, you know, it wasn't critically acclaimed when it came out. I do remember that. Right. That people had problems with it. I huh. thought it was a, some people thought it was a failed project. Others kind of could sense that cult-like status of the it. film before before it even got there. Great. Well, yeah. yeah. Right. Did it make you want to go to New York City? It didn't, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, I mean, it was, it was something pretty powerful to come out around all that Star Wars stuff. It was like, well, there's Star Wars or there's this. And they were just so radically different yeah. that uh, that that part of it was fascinating. And you could kind of see the kids that were going to kind of go over to that sort of uh, film and the other ones that were going to remain those kind of Star Wars sci-fi geeks. All right, well, I'm excited. Let's watch it. Yeah, yeah, let's do let's it. Do it. <laughs> let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, so that was The Warriors. That was something, eh? Wow. Yeah. That's not what I expected. Like, I mean, part of it was, I don't know what I expected. When you, when something has a reputation that casts like a long shadow and people talk about it uh-huh. and people speak about it. And I was like, oh, you haven't seen The Warriors? Here, here's the thing. I think it works today, but as a comedy. It's entertaining. It's that yeah. slice of life. Yeah. Like, but it was meant to be serious at the time. I, right? it, well, it was very serious, it's, it's but I mean, it's kind of dated. And a I mean, documentary where you get to look like, yeah, that's yeah. what that looked like back then. Like, uh-huh. the backgrounds were really cool, and what people thought cool was. But it's funny for its naivete. I mean, we're kind of looking back at it and thinking, that's kind of endearing. What you're but what about for. any of that was scary? You've got, no. like, those baseball, the, what we call them the furries, the furies that are in that weird, I even describe that makeup. Like they all had, like, spotted dog eyes <laughs> and different colors. Okay, so... Broadway. Yeah. It's based it. on... What was that? Is a that bo- a Greek myth? No, was, well, it's based on a novel. But no, no, yeah. like, yeah. at the beginning, at the, beginning the setup the, the prologue is there. they have to march all the way a thousand yeah. miles to Home. the sea. I thought it was, it was Romans, I think. Romans? Right, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that was just, like, that was a crazy setup. And then you have this comic book... Um, panels transitions, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you've get you've got all these different gangs. So it feels. I, I wouldn't. I don't think you're, I think you're trying to make sense of uh, chaos here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there was a lot of pretense in, in offering up that prologue, right? And saying that here's the expectation of what's going to happen. Yeah, you think they'd follow that narrative? Yeah. It's like, oh, it's like yeah. a Greek Roman myth. It's like, no, yeah. never one comic book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's like, remember that stuff we told you at the beginning? Eh, not so much. Don't worry about that. They, yeah. they didn't come back around. It didn't end with, It would have like, been nice if it a, did. A bookend of that. It, yeah. it kind of did because they were on the beach. They made it to the water. Sure, but it didn't, like, call back to... Yeah. No, no. I mean, even a comic of, frame of seeing that original comic frame again at the end would have, right. would have been right. more satisfying. But the comic... Around. That also didn't mean anything. Like it didn't. It was just. An, it was an interesting device, but it was just optics. Well, Joe Walsh has a Romanesque nose, and there was a Joe Walsh song. Is that where like we're really stretching, <laughs> right, yeah. reaching yeah, far yeah, for yeah. What, What's there? Where's the wraparound? But I can't remember then. But I mean, you think about that time. That stuff they were doing with the comic would have been right. That would have been quite bold. something and bold for. Them. Oh sure, it would yeah. have been fascinating. But it's yeah. like there's all there's no context to it. It's just it's just a, no. a, a parlor trick. It is, and they're kind of tr- presenting it as a narrative device, and it didn't need it. And they also had another, it's like a wraparound transition, and they also got that wraparound transition of the woman DJ who's constantly telling everybody, updating everybody on uh-huh. what's happening, yeah. putting on a different song. Uh-huh. Now, you made an amazing point. This, the Warriors, would make an amazing musical. Oh, yeah, I think it would. And th- th- that's the tone that I really noticed. I know that it's, it's like that for old old film that's not really that old. But as you look at it, and it looks so deliberate. Like you it looked like, choreographed. It was so deliberate. Yeah, you could do like a steampunk West Side Story with this. Yeah. 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 It'd be fascinating. I'd go. And, then there's and I don't even like musicals. <laughs> and then the woman who was in it was, it was bugging me. She looked so much like Rosario Dawson and a little bit like uh, that... Kirsten, um, I forget her name, who stars Jessica in Jessica Jones. Jessica yeah. Jones. Yeah, yeah. But then you pointed out she Too was close actually, for comfort. She was in that sitcom yeah. in the 80s. With um, was Ted it? Knight. Oh, right. Yeah. I can't believe I remember that. Is that Mackenzie Phillips that was the other sister? Or was that No, like I think that's one? one Day at a Time. One Day at a Time. I mix those up in my head. Anyways, so, and she was dressed... You know, she had that real end of the '70s sort of disco look well, about it. Totally. I mean, she looked like she just walked off the set of Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Like, pardon me, a Saturday Night Fever. Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was great. She was great. And for that character, you'd you'd expect like they were kind of crude to her and, uh, and other stuff, but she was they a threatened really... to run a train on her. Yeah. Yeah. And and she and yeah, it's not <laughs> that was not love happy. interest. Yeah. That. <laughs> yes. And yet she didn't take any shit from anyone in a no. way that was like strangely progressive for the time. It those was and, and and really economical because it was the same line every time. I can take care of myself over and over, over again. And, over and she again. was right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But then you've also got like James Raymar constantly. James Raymar, who you don't like. I, I'm not a big fan of his. I just I I see his acting in everything. You know, I just think he's a bad actor. But but yeah. also I don't. But he's not a bad. He's just a very specific actor. It's not saying much though for the cast in this film though, really. Sure. You know? But what's interesting with this movie is that you've got him, like, you know, commenting about saying the, the F word. No, Draw, you know. The faggot word over and over again. <laughs> I don't want to say it. But, you know, in a way that's so bizarre. And then, but then you've also got this strangely progressive thing going on where, you know, many of the band, the bands, the gangs have, uh, you know, mixed races and there's, but nobody's ever, there's no race politics in this. If you were to look at this movie and say to somebody who is unfamiliar with America and, and the time period and say, this is a time capsule, uh-huh, that moment you go uh-huh. like, wow, it's so great that America has integrated and, and, and that everybody gets together and their gangs are so, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and there's such a level of. And Cyrus has brought them together. Black power and Can stuff. you dig it? Can you dig it? Yeah. 
And he's just standing arm there raised, with like, his arms like, raised, like, like, like Christ, like Christ, trying to catch right a bullet, yeah, just yeah. standing there. He's ready to die. He's ready to die. You know, I was thinking when we were watching it, that what you know, what's the context for this thing being released in 1979? You know, what's well, interesting? Think about like, stuff, it's like Carter America at that oh, time, right? And I don't know what's going on there. I'm trying to bring people together because he actually had a kind of weirdly inclusive thing. It was like, we're all cast aside. Why don't we all band together yeah. and, and form this kind of union? It's a union day. Yeah, totally. It was anti-establishment. There's more of us than them. If we join together, yeah. we can run this place. But then you have uh, the uh, Skegnetti. I kept on seeing that the, the villain, I guess you would call him, as the uh, Sean Penn character from Fast Times. Uh, yeah, hey, that guy. So, uh, yeah, Sean yeah. Penn double. Yeah. Well, but 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 the, he it was almost like he just represented chaos, and he just wanted. He's like, no, we can't f- band together because I don't want you to. It well, wasn't really it, like why did he shoot Cyrus? Who did he call on the phone? Yeah, well, like, well he was calling. The, my my final on that is that he was calling the DJ because how else would she get the information? That's funny. I don't piece that together at all. So. That makes sense. Yeah, because otherwise, I mean, because he didn't have a plan. My first thought was like, well, they want. Coney Island, and that's, they're trying to get the Warriors out of the ways they can have it. But no, and then he's just like, I just did it because I like to do stuff like that. Yeah, and part of me likes yeah. that. There's nothing scarier than a villain that doesn't have a plan. Because you have nothing to use against them. Yeah, yeah. You know, but that also wasn't set up in any way. That no. made it scary. It just came out of the end, where it's like, tell me why you did this. I had no reason. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah that's a bit <laughs> really? rude. Really? Yeah. Because he yeah. could have had one. There's lots of reasons to have. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to have our space? No. Do you yeah. wanna, did we like slight you in some yeah, way? It's, yeah, it's no. like after all we've been through this whole night, you got nothing. Nothing. You got nothing. Yeah. No reason. But part of me likes that. I respect that. But part of me also goes, you know, if the, if they were to remake this, yeah, you'd almost want to have more motivations for all these things. But is that a bad thing? Is it better that it's chaotic? You know, there's something really progressive about all these bands having a truce. Uh, bands. I keep on calling them bands. Well, it's because you're thinking of the musical. Musical. You sure <laughs> but I also love like how insecure all of these guys are and all the groups are. You got that bizarre group called the Orphans whose uniform is a green t-shirt and blue jeans. Um, and they have to prove their legitimacy by carrying a newspaper article. Yeah, like <laughs> a little the clippings. The yeah. clippings in the guy's pocket, and he pull, and he actually pulls it out for them and to they, read. And they're, and, they're, and they're mildly impressed by it. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, you guys yeah, got yeah. It's good. My youth worker told me. <laughs> yeah, no, but they talk about the youth worker as if he's like the head of the gang. Everyone's yeah. got one. Yeah, but even like, just, and that's not he's not even called on it, you know. But just their themes, like you've got, you've got like those. What, what do we call them? We call them the morks. But the guy, the, the guys, <laughs> the rolling morgues. Only one of them had roller skates. That's right. But they look like giant toddlers with their their um, overalls and their striped shirts. Their striped kind of shirts. They're they're kind of very. I mean, it was that's very why, early eighties. And even like Scott, you point out, we were watching. It's like who was terrified by these guys? <laughs> any of them. But if you're they're in a group together, yeah, I guess you can be scared of them. Yeah, any of them. Like you look at the the furries with the baseball uniforms. One of the best action sequences in the whole film, probably not the best, was was with these morks. The morks, with yeah. these morks in the, in, in, the, in the men's bathroom at Union Square. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great scene. Explosive. It was and really also, well choreographed. that fight only worked if it started with them opening that one specific door for the guy that had the spray paint. <laughs> the spray paint or it wouldn't yeah, work. Yeah, it wouldn't work. <laughs> Unless they talked beforehand. Yeah. Man. Well, and Mercedes Rule showed up. Oscar winner Mercedes Rule shows up on a sitting on a park bench, an undercover cop, yeah. who's soliciting rape. 
as her way of tra- entrapment. Well, that's the way. That's the way the NYPD used to work. That's fair enough. She's arrested here long enough. If some guy's willing to try to do that to me, he deserves to be re- arrested. I yeah. respect that. And it's yeah. James yeah. Ramar and his creepiest. You know. Yeah, I wanted him to. Go. You you want that guy to take be taken off the board at that moment? And right? I like that we didn't realize his name was Ajax until the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you didn't even need to know that. Uh, I'm looking up David Patrick Kelly. That's the guy who's the, the villain, yeah. right? And he was in Dreamscape with Dennis Quaid. Dreamscape. He was that really creepy guy. Yeah, yeah. It's right like, through the dream. This obviously. was a really broad performance of his, almost just like swooningly Cartoon. cartoonish, exactly. Uh-huh. And but he got progressively better and more nuanced and other stuff. He was always evil. Well, how else do you play that character in this movie? Who has no reason. Except the bottle clinking. We well, have to do madness. You want to say the line? Which fits yeah. into what you're saying. Yeah, do you yeah, remember yeah. the line now? Warriors come out and play? <laughs> That's the line? I'm yeah. really let down by that. <laughs> That's the big iconic line. But you got to bottle clink your And I think though. it's the way that it's said. You know? Warriors. It's creepy, right? Oh, it makes, it makes you want to hit him. <laughs> he's got that quality, though, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. But it, it's, it's fascinating to, to me that like how easily he's disarmed at the end. Yeah. And then they just kind of give up really quickly, and then he gets really whiny. He does shoot, but he gets he, somebody throws uh, a, a, like like a knife. Like, what do you? It's he has a switchblade. Well, he he had a knife in his back. That was but, Swan. His that, name is Swan. Yeah, which we found out late in the film. Yeah, but through the the comic book. through the comic book. We so found he dodges Swan. a bullet yeah. and throws a switchblade, and it's all over. Man. Yeah. Although you know and what? The bullet didn't even like take out the love someone behind him. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you just jumped aside from a bullet. There are people behind you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was going to get it there. Right. Which but, might, might have been effective. I don't know. But also the, the whole conceit was that all of these gangs had nine people that came to the the, the gathering. Mm-hmm. And then there was more of them back wherever their turf was. Where are the other warriors? Where were the other warriors? I was right, expecting yeah. once they got home, they're yeah. like, well, we're safe once we get home. Yeah. The other because warriors are asleep because it's morning. It was early. <laughs> I also I also like that where they had the big meeting was a children's playground. Oh, yeah, right. It's kind of lost on everyone. But oh, I mean, yeah. It was a children's playground that they were in, which is it seems like well, that's where Cyrus climbs, right? It seems like he climbs yeah. like a makeshift pirate ship. Yeah, yeah. And then they're going through the whole city like it's the Odyssey or something like that. Like they've got to make it through the different lands back yeah. home. You would definitely like in a remake version of this. You would definitely provide more context for the world. I think that's the first thing they would do, right? Well, and, and that's why I was wondering about what the time that it came out because I just can't. What are the assumptions can't get that people seeing this movie are making? Because uh-huh. there's some. It's, it's uh-huh. odd. Well, you can watch this now, going, "Oh, well, that that's just a part of the world we haven't seen," and that. But then, but because of the the precipice of the narrative, you get the sense that this is like an alternative reality. Well, and also, there's moments in there that you're like, he's. He's an interesting filmmaker if you just take this one film because you've got the absurdity of all the different gangs and then you've got the idea of uh, this love interest who's like really treated poorly and yet sticks around and then sticks up for herself. But then you have action sequences, fighting, people chasing, and then in the middle of nowhere, sitting on a subway... These debutante type people, these... The Lizzie's. Upper West Side. No, I'm thinking not the women. I was talking about the people with the corsages and the prom um, uh, 
tuxedos and stuff. Yeah, they the get on, kids. and suddenly well, I desperately have, wanted to be a secret gang. <laughs> I, it would have it would have made a lot more sense because there's instead, room for that in the musical. You have a whole moment there that's taken from a much more esoteric film where they look at each other and these we're all run down and we're rough and it was like we're just coming from uh, from the prom and we're going to go on to a wonderful life and it was just like this. Liver moment uh-huh. in the middle of it. That Although, don't, don't you kind of feel like they did that c- consistently through the film? There's I thought there was a throughout. lot of stillness yeah, in the they, movie. But they run, they run through the subway and run past regular people. You but know. that's the moment where the movie stopped you and said, here's the contrast. Uh-huh. Because before it was just like scaring regular people, stealing candy bars from you know somebody who's terrified yeah. and, and then this moment is just like these people blithely sit down mm-hmm. they look at people that are less off, well off than them and they don't see somebody cool protecting mm-hmm. their turf mm-hmm. and they go off and, and you know what you're right they are a gang but their gang is like rich people well, it's the establishment it's right. totally it's the establishment yeah. and yeah. I just I mean that corsage has to be symbolic of something other than oh, right. I mean, something like to be wasted it. Yeah. But the thing is, when he comes back off, like right after that scene, they step off and he looks at Coney Island and it's like, this is what we wanted to get back to? Yeah, I, I thought he'd be nothing. happy to be back. Yeah. I, I, well, that's the, that was the, the yeah. unexpected nuance that uh-huh. came at the ending. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That Swan wanted to fly off somewhere else. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they made for life, I hear, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> uh, wow. It's a fascinating, weird, because, yeah, nobody has a gang like that. What was the lamest gang? Um, I gotta say the orphans. I don't think so. I think the Morks. The Morks. The Morks didn't. They were tough. They were tough. They had hard heads, but I wouldn't call them lame. <laughs> I mean, maybe their outfit, but that was the thing. They well, did they, that on purpose true. to lull you into a self sense oh, of security. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. The orphans needed to kind of reconvene and think about their image. Of they the brought a press clipping with them yeah, to yeah. fight. It's ridiculous. <laughs> That's that's like a Connery line. That you brought a press clipping to a gunfight. You know, their leader should have been called Oliver. Exactly. <laughs> but the guy brought a gun to a knife fight. Dodger, lost. artful yeah. Dodger. Uh, yeah, well, it's it's not a movie. And you I know, it's not like I just watched Citizen Kane or I just watched Eight and a Half. Finally, where I'm like, <laughs> oh, this is a movie I've been putting off for a while. I got to see it. I sat down, and you go, wow, I really get why so many people are talking about this all the time. It's like, that's a work of cinematic genius. I'm happy I saw it. It was super entertaining. I understand certain little references around culture a bit more. But at the same time, it was like, that was ridiculous. <laughs> like, as a black hole film, it's ridiculous. And you know what just upset me the most, thinking about the back the whole thing? That, that like, retrograde you know, castaway version of Clockwork Orange characters didn't come back later. No. Those they were guys. Just, they were just there, the mimes. Oh, the mimes. Yeah. yeah. There was a mime game. I wanted a mime fight. Well, that would have been Or you want to see beach. all the other guys see them. Mime the mimes fight. walk in and all the other guys instantly beat the fuck out of them. Right? No, no, I want to believe the opposite. I want to believe that nobody fucks with the mimes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they're the toughest gang. Not even the gang that ended up on the beach yeah. at the end. Right. Oh, exactly. who, were, who were they called, by the way? The, the metaphor is, is that, you know, it's, it goes unspoken. You don't mess with the mimes. Right, right. Don't say a word against the mimes or else they pull out those. <laughs> The mime guns. You don't want to get shot by a mime well, the gun. The gang at the end was the the Harlem. Existentialists. I don't think we heard their. We don't. Yeah, that's the. Yeah. Or was that Cyrus's guys? Yeah, I guess that's Cyrus's. Yeah, they, they were big. They're the diggits. The diggits. That was their name. Can you? Can dig you it? dig it? <laughs> 
<laughs> really? It was code. Cyrus's speech was code. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Cyrus was an alright guy. He was a nice guy with vision. Like he's I, I would extend that I guess to like civil rights leaders getting shot down. Like yes. you know, you know uh, well, there's the bohemian quality to him where he's like, We can all get along, we all get together, why are we fighting? We're a bunch of idiots. Fighting for a small piece of land when we can have everything. And all it took is one bullet to take the visionary down and make everybody, you know, infighting. One insane person who just wanted to watch the world burn, essentially. You know, the good thing about, one of the good things about the movie, even if I say it's kind of ridiculous a bit, 90 minutes. You know, it was just like a short movie, in you go, out you go, and you're like, oh, that that was, that happened. It didn't extend it into some, you know, epic thing. It was like the right amount of time but I can see why like you know when you, especially when you distill it in the way that you just did I can see why you would want to take this story and tell it again in a better way that's a little less ridiculous because there's, there's a really smart concept to that there's fertile ground there's there's fertile metaphor there's there's just a, well it's a great idea creativity. with not amazing execution yeah and those are the movies that should be remade yeah Absolutely. well maybe the book was better but I am curious about when the book was published and compared to the film and what they so did. So who do you cast in the remake? Oh, jeez. Well, that's, I guess, anybody. I mean, they just show that you don't even really need... Him again. Him. James Remar <laughs> gets to be one of the cops. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who, well, I, the only one that I think you would need to really cast, or two, you'd have to pick the bad guy again, because that's just too iconic, and you've got to have somebody that you, you think is insane, hmm. and then you'd have to pick Cyrus. Everybody else could be just young people of the time. And these guys, uh, there's a question, how old are these guys supposed to be? Like, what are, what are gang like mid-20s? Yeah, I mean, but it, they, they didn't look any older than 16 or 17 years old to Some me. of them were so Especially young. that one kid that you're commenting on. That, oh, the guy that was really insecure. Yeah, he looked like he was The 12. guy that was cold and... Yeah. He was not into the Lizzie's. The, the spray paint guy, right? <laughs> spray yeah, paint guy, yeah. yeah. He and really is, wanted to get home. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's. I'm glad I saw it, but I don't feel like the black hole has been, you know, successfully filled, if we're looking <laughs> metaphorically here. It's like, no, that was... I never have to see it again. As somebody who saw it, like, when it came out and you snuck into it, did, did, is there some sort of connection? Well, I kept, I mean, aside from the stuff that we've been chatting about, I kept on thinking when I was looking at it, what time did I come from? <laughs> I don't understand the relevance of this thing. You know, as we were saying off the top about that Star Wars universe at that time, and it's not like any of these other films, these somewhat verite films were released in the 70s, in the late 70s, but I just can't get my head around its context. Yeah. Like, why then? You know? I mean, Escape from New York, you know, which had, there was a little bit of that feel to it, as you were mentioning, Scott. And, but I just really couldn't understand. You know, that's just kind of the way I think. I want to know why now. You know, the studio saying. Sure, why now? Why are we putting this out now? Why now? It's like Carter's in there, and I don't know. I mean, is it something to do with the assassination with Cyrus? Oh, and the... Is there a JFK thing in there about a madman shoots the one who's got the vision, and no matter where the vision comes from... Let's go with that. And, <laughs> no, but I think, you know, that is kind of the territory, though. New York is yeah. squalor, falling yeah. on hard times. And what are we going to do? quote-unquote, mourning in America with uh-huh. Reagan. And what are well, we going to do with vision? We're going to go after the people that don't deserve to be go, at, to go after. Uh-huh. And it resonated because it says that it was a huge hit, too, right? They made money off of that. And they didn't expect to. Everyone had the poster. Or, you know, we're talking about it 35, 40, whatever it is, yeah, years yeah. later. 
What year was this? 79. Unless we were duped. 79, so yeah, almost 40 years later. And it's a movie of the 70s, so officially it's a part of that whole um, period that sort of ended with Raging Bull, that idea that, you know, it's an independent movie. Mm-hmm. And Frank Marshall produced it, so he's a guy that would go on to be associated heavily with Steven Spielberg. Yeah. And this is... Uh, Who would have thought that ordinary people would be made a year later? <laughs> <laughs> No, but yeah. it's fascinating. But even though the fact that it's like, you know, I picked, I was just going to rent it off iTunes for this, but then I was in a Beat Goes On, and it was there. They had three copies. Huh. Which was not, wow. which was surprising. Did you get all three? I got all three. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you eat your copy on your way. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, no, so it was, I was to kind of, and it, you know, it wasn't expensive. But yeah. uh, it was cheaper to buy than rent on iTunes. <laughs> I always think that Walter Hill is. I guess I haven't seen enough of his movies enough times to say this, but I'm going to say it anyways because we're rolling tape and we're shooting the shit. It's like, I think he's an uneven filmmaker. He ends up getting sequences and shots and performances. Good ideas. That are good ideas, like that are, that are sticky, that people want to read more into, uh-huh. but generally uneven. When I think of hmm. all of his, even something like 48 Hours, like it's a great film. But they're but set pieces. They're set pieces. All, all through And there's a, yeah. like, yeah. oh, I found Eddie Murphy and oh, he works well with Nick Nolte, yeah, but yeah. it's not like there's a movie that is high cinematic art mm-hmm. that yeah. I or something that I'm going to have to watch multiple times in my life. Of course, he also makes movies that you don't forget, right? You know, it's so like I don't, I don't know. Well, no one's forgotten this one. No, and I'm not going to forget this now with all the blanks That's filled it. in. And I think you know, just to wrap up my thoughts on it. I think this is a movie. I don't know if I need to revisit again, but I think. The best way to watch this movie is with other people that you can sit down and kind of laugh at while you're watching and it. And it's a movie that's built for that sort of mystery science theater approach where you're just watching it, appreciating it, but you have to make comments every, you know, 30 yeah. seconds or so. But that's not fun to do by yourself. No, not at no. all. Like, so no. So if you're going to no, watch yeah. this movie, I would strongly recommend doing it with some friends and, and come up with some drinking games while you're playing, while you're watching. And you've <laughs> yeah. got to come up with, you know, the best joke wins when you name what all the gang's names are. Yeah, you have to come up with your own versions of the gang names. Well, now we're just inventing a board game. <laughs> <laughs> to go with the musical. Oh. The Warriors, I mean, it's got a, it's a great narrative for a board game. Just we get home from one end of the board to the other end of the board. Can you get home? Can you get to Coney Island? And when you get there, will you be happy? Yeah. You exactly. guys laugh. There might be a Warrior board game <laughs> out there. And it was that era. era. Yeah. That's totally Did they make awesome. a comic book out of it after? That could have been good. Like, they're practically... Well, they are. It's like a superhero team, really. You didn't really find out what everybody's superpower was. Like, why... And there's a question... You know what? You don't even ask. You're watching it, and you don't even ask. They get you into it, and you're like, so why are these guys a gang? Like, when did they get together? How long have they been together? Are these all guys neighbors? Did they go to school together? Like... And that's the other version where I'm like... You know, in a, in, a, in a properly explored version of this, mm-hmm. you you kind of unpack that, and that's how you would use that. That uh, what was her name? Did she have a name? No, I don't think she had a name. But you'd use that character to go like, "Why are you guys even gangs? Like, what do the gangs even mean? What's the point of being in a gang? Well, what's a female swan called? Is it a signet? No, that's a, a baby swan. <laughs> they're gonna have signets. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's just like unpacking that the idea of like, yeah, there's what do they say? There's a hundred gangs. Yeah, the guy said at the beginning across is like, the why? Borders. 
What does yeah. it mean? Is it do you need to be in the gang? Is it the kind of is it the kind of environment where if you're not and in the that, gang, you're on your own? That and you're was screwed? not that was not conveyed at all. Yeah, and that and you know at the microcosm level of that, with regards to what Scott was saying, there really wasn't that sense of a bonding within the gang. But they didn't that, you know, like each other. They didn't. Do you know what they seemed like? They seemed like coworkers. <laughs> they well, just, they, they were just kind of hanging out with each other. He, the Cyrus was not the leader; he was the president. Yeah, yeah. And it yeah, was yeah. like, so yeah, these guys just work in accounting or something like that, and they're the accounting gang. And but they it's like this is the, the it's like you're a team, or yeah, you live in this neighborhood, so you're in that gang. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Sounds like going to a school. You're just in that class because of the district. That's who you're growing up with now. In this district. You're in the warrior district. (laughs) Here's your little baby vest. And (laughs) there's a question right there. It was like, the warriors? Really? They were the Mm -hmm. warriors? Mm -hmm. They didn't really feel like the warriors. How about the conies? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) The the hot dogs. Doesn't sound as The boardwalks. (laughs) Well, your names that you came up with were much better than what they had on there. Where are the Rose the Furries? The Reggies. That's mostly because the Reggies, the I couldn't see the, you couldn't read couldn't the, read the, <laughs> read the names. But the Reggies, the Furries. Uh, we had the Morks. The Morks was, I think, my favorite. <laughs> From yeah. Scott. No, that's, that's, it's not a bad movie. I'm glad I saw it. Um, I'll never forget all this stuff. I will say this. I don't think I like the way that popular culture took to the movie in that it almost spoiled the ending. I mean, Warriors Come Out and Play comes out in like the last five, ten minutes of the movie. Mm. That's the most iconic thing. Mm. I thought, hearing that, mm. oh, that's going to be in the first ten minutes or, of the movie. Or, or, or moreover, that, that it would be a constant theme throughout. Right. Come Out and Play. People scene. shouting at them yeah. through the whole yeah. movie. With the offspring song, Come Out and Play. <laughs> Well, and, and you think about it, it was like, I'll be back. You think about all the things that are said in movies that people use as cultural touchstones or jokes for a while, and they happen earlier in the movie. This is like got to be, you wouldn't spoil the ending for people, and that, that's what you're mm-hmm. doing with the most you're famous giving, line of this you're movie. You're giving people far too much credit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that was great. Well, thank we you. That. It, was, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. It was yeah. great to revisit it. All right, thanks for coming. Oh, of course. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves... Thanks for joining me for The Warriors. If you like the show, please subscribe to the podcast and spread the word about it. Uh, Leave a review wherever you listen to this on iTunes. It would be great. You can find me on Twitter at LaLonJeremy and check out Facebook for Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.